I am delighted this morning to welcome and introduce Rebecca Norris. She is an active advocate and activist for the transgender and HIV community. She is currently president of the Shreveport chapter of Louisiana Trans Advocates, which meets here the first Sunday of every month at 1.30. I think we have settled on 1.30. Um, and, uh, and supportive allies are welcome to those meetings. Um, the Shreveport chapter of LTA serves Northwest Louisiana and the surrounding parishes of Caddo, Bossier, Webster, Claiborne, Bienville, Red River, DeSoto, Sabine, and Natchitoches. LTA's mission is to strengthen and support trans and allied communities across the state through social support, education, empowerment, and advocacy. LTA works to advance the core human rights of self-determination and expression for all transgender, non-gender non-conforming and gender variant people. Rebecca currently serves as a board member of Louisiana AIDS Advocacy Network, or LAN, whose mission is to educate and train advocates and activists. LAN coordinates and sponsors Legislative Awareness Day each year at the state capitol in Baton Rouge. Rebecca is a veteran of the U.S. Navy who served her country honorably. She currently lives here in Shreveport with her wife, Lini Zhu, um, and they each have an adult son, Rebecca's son, Anthony Turner, and Lini's son, John Tong. Would you please welcome Rebecca Norris. The songs kind of took some of my thunder away. Uh, I guess you can't realize that we're having a discussion about transgender individuals from the, the theme of the service. Well, uh, I want to start this out with a joke. Basically, it helped me calm down more than anything. Uh, why did the trans person cross the street to transition to the other side? <laughs> Yes, a little bit corny, but hey, it's truthful. Um, I always start all of my presentations with a quote, and it's one of my favorite. And it ties into something that Susan talked about this morning about there's no dumb questions. The quote is, the important thing is to remember, or the, hmm, there's my mouth working. The important thing to remember is to never stop questioning. Curiosity has its own rewards. Now it was Albert Einstein that said that. For me and for many people who want to learn stuff about pretty much any topic, I think that um, quote embodies what you should come to any uh, learning experience. Uh, you should come prepared to ask those questions any of them, and try and understand the answers that are given. Now, I want you to keep in mind today that any of those questions that you may have, you can come up and ask me after the service, and I'll be happy to answer them. You might not like the answers, or you might be uncomfortable with answers, but hey, such is life. A little more about me. Uh, Susan has covered some of this. Um, I've lived in Shreveport for 20 years. I'm a Navy veteran. And something that you might want to know, and you can ask anybody that goes to the LTA uh, meetings. I love to hear myself talk. I really do. Okay. 
there's a lot of stories out there about LG, LG, LGBT people. But one thing that happens to virtually every person in the LGBT community <coughs> is that they are treated differently in almost every aspect of their lives. <coughs> Why? Well, that's a good question. Some people see us as abnormal in some way or against their beliefs. Well, I'm here to tell you that we aren't. We're not abnormal. We might be a little bit different, but we're not abnormal. Each part of the LGBT spectrum is affected in different ways, and so I will try to give you an ideal of the pain, sorrows, and joys, and happiness that I have experienced in my journey. I was born, and I'm not going to tell you when. <laughs> uh, when I was born, though, I was assigned the gender of the male based upon my biological attribute. And I like to call that my birth defect, because for most transgender people it is. It's a defect that we were born with. Um, my childhood wasn't really any different than anyone else's, I don't think. My peers, we all had the same fun things to do. We played, we laughed, we went to baseball. So it really wasn't that much different in everything except one part, and that was I was keeping a deep, dark secret. I had learned at a very early age not to let people know that because, uh, well, let's just say my mother was a little heavy-handed from time to time. Uh, but that secret, the same type that many LGBT people keep hidden, caused me a lot of pain and depression. It really made me into a person that would push people away, and for many years I didn't. I felt trapped. If I were to come out, quite literally, out of the closet, I would hurt many people that I loved, and I didn't want to do that. I knew that there was a very good chance I would lose my job, friends, family, be the subject of ridicule, hate, and discrimination. Something else that I really feared was physical harm. I'd seen other people come out, uh, just LGBT people in general, and they were beaten for it. And that scared me. And quite honestly, it still scares me to this day. I lived in the fear that somebody would find out about my secret, and that really pushed me away from having any friends that were close to me. It ended up taking a heart attack in 2007 for me to finally realize that the secret was, in many aspects, killing me. I was internalizing a lot of this pressure, a lot of the fear. So I came out to a friend of mine and uh, asked them for assistance, and they were very supportive. But I wanted them to help me come out to my son. He was the most important thing in my life. So developed a plan, pulled him aside, and sat down and had a talk with him. And I'll never forget what he said. 
when I told him that that's what I wanted to do, and I asked him, if you don't want me to do this, I won't do it. And he came back with, Dad, I don't care what you do as long as you're happy. And I started crying right then. And I still tear up to this day because of it. It taught me that I had brought my son up right. And that he really did care for not just me, but hopefully other people that were in the same position. And as time went on, I found out that that was the truth. So I'm very proud of my son, if you can't tell. Um, That didn't mean that it wasn't all roses, though. We had our issues. There were many rough times, times where I could go home and cry, where I didn't make it home before the tears would come out. Harassment hurts. I faced and continue to face all those negative things that you would try and protect your children from. No matter what their age is, you always treat your children as children, and you want to protect them. I tried to prepare myself for the name calling, the looks, the whispers, the jokes, the harassment, but in truth, nothing can prepare you for that. Nothing at all. But not everything was bad. I remember some funny things. And I want to tell you a story about one of them. I was living in China at the time, and I needed to go to the bathroom. And I was very early in my transition and still living in public as a male. I went to go to the restroom, and as I'm approaching the male's restroom, two little children come up to me, and they say, no, 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 this is the male's restroom. The women's restroom is over there. Now remember, I'm still dressing kind of as a male, and uh, it really told me something. It said, okay, well, maybe you should start uh, transitioning a little faster. <laughs> uh, so that was one of the funniest things. I went home and I just couldn't stop laughing and crying and laughing. Um, that was my first sign. My second sign came a few weeks later, and this was hilarious. I had gone to Vietnam for the day, just to visit. I was coming back across the border, and uh, you have to go through customs just like any other country. So I was coming back into China, uh, went up to the woman, gave her my passport, and she looks at me, she goes, okay, looks at me. Does this number turns it upside down? <laughs> Looks at me again. Uh, and then she gets up and she said, tells me, you have to stay here. Well, motions that I have to stay here. And she goes over and talks to a supervisor. That supervisor comes over and gets me and then takes me over to their supervisor. This guy wasn't too happy. He was in the middle of his lunch, so he didn't seem like he was a happy camper. And the unfortunate thing is, is that none of them spoke English. And my Chinese at that time, I could ask for water and that's about it. So, uh, end result is they ushered me out to this little roped off area in the middle of the, the 
entry area for the customs control. And they had me sit down. The supervisor walked out the door with my passport and I'm going, oh my God, I'm gonna be stuck here forever. Well, a few minutes later, the, uh, the middle supervisor came over with a cup of tea. You know, and I thought, oh, well, they're just being nice. Drank it. A few seconds later, another cup of tea. A few seconds later, another cup of tea. See where we're going with this? Well, finally, I kind of caught on. And I was like, oh, okay. So I quickly downed as much tea as I could so that I could go to the bathroom. So as I'm going up to the bathroom, I go, and they point me to two doors. Now, this guy is extremely happy to take me up there at this point. And he goes, here, not this one, not this one, here. So I, <laughs> I walk over to the male bathroom, and I go inside, and he follows behind me, and of course I start doing my business. As soon as I start doing it, I felt this vacuum go flying out the door where the guy was running down the door. Needless to say, I come back out, and there's a person standing there with my passport saying, you're free to go. <laughs> that was my second sign. So a few days later, my passport mysteriously fell into the river, and I had to go to Guangzhou and get a new one. But that was an experience. Now, I have to give them credit. My old passport did have a beard on it, and I did not have a beard. <laughs> I also uh, had uh, longer hair, so I can't blame them for what they did, um, but it still was funny. And you have, whenever you're transitioning, sometimes you just got to take things in stride, because if you take it to heart too much, it's really, really going to tear you up. So that also meant that I uh, moved on and started uh, doing my transition more in public. And I was surprised. Uh, most of my friends and family there uh, were very supportive. In fact, virtually all of them were. So I've traveled many other places and I've had issues coming in and out of different countries. The unfortunate thing for me is that the United States seemed to be, seems to be the worst. For the Chinese, when I did that, I could give them a pass. No, the language barrier, we couldn't talk, we couldn't communicate, they couldn't ask questions. But coming in and out of the United States having issues, that's one of those things that transgender people really end up having a heartburn with. And it causes, a, causes us a lot of anxiety, and many people won't travel just because of that. But, as I continued my uh, journey through my life, I found that with people, there were many people that were accepting. My wife and, um, my wife and my family accepted me very readily. Her family did as well. In fact, uh, her mother was one of uh, the funnier things that had happened to me. Um, she was very accepting of me, didn't speak English, but we still somehow communicated. And one day she comes in with a dress. Now, I gotta tell you, 
I love this woman to death, so please don't take what I'm about to say as a negative thing against her. That dress was hideous. <laughs> but I wore it with the biggest smile on my face. <laughs> she was a great lady, and she uh, really accepted me, and she was happy that I was married to her daughter. So, I guess what I'm trying to get at here is family and friends. They can make or break a transgender person. And transgender people have enough to worry about rather than having to worry about how their family is. So if you're able to be supportive, be supportive. Okay. Um, I have something to talk about Susan here. Okay. This woman freaked me out. <laughs> She did. When I first started coming here to All Souls, and uh, I, I wasn't president of LTA at that time, just somebody looking for help, Susan was so nice. She was always there, and I couldn't understand why. Her husband was always there, couldn't understand why he was there either. But my God, she was just so nice. And I'm going, what does she want? <laughs> it was really freaking me out. I'm not used to that. But as time went on, I realized she just was a nice person. And so was her husband. He's also a pizza guy. We love that. <laughs> but something that that did for me is it gave me hope. It made me realize there are people out there that are nice, that are accepting that maybe they don't understand me, maybe they don't understand what I do and why I do it, but they're there for me and they're accepting of it. And they bring pizza. <laughs> but uh, I did find out why she did want me to do, why she was so nice to me. She told me this this morning. It was her long-term five-year plan to be very nice to me so that I would come here and speak one day. <laughs> it worked. Hey. <laughs> so, what does all this have to do with life? We're in it together. I guess you can imagine it has everything to do with it. We are all in this together. The more that you can help support me, the more I can help support you. The more that you help support your family, the more your family helps support you. So it's a give and take, but it's a love give and take. You're not doing it to ask for something back. You're doing it out of pure love. And I see that out of somebody on the front row here. I think she does that for just about everybody here at this church from what I can see. So through my whole life, the best times for me have been with my family and friends. When things are bad, they've made it better. When things are good, they've made it great. I've learned that people, no matter if they are LGBT, you know, in the LGBT community or not, are happier when they're not alone. People feel better during the hard times when someone is with them. Transgender people really feel that. 
Family and friends make the difference in the, all the difference in the world. They can make the difference between life and death. Oh, I'm going to go off topic a slight bit. Um, one of the things that transgender people face is high rates of suicide. The general population has approximately 4.6% of people will attempt suicide at one time or another. Inside the transgender community, that percentage is 41%. Now, a lot of them are unfortunately successful. So this gives you an idea of why being even the slightest bit supportive means so much to a transgender person. One kind word, one nice saying, one, hey, I'm there for you, can make all the difference in a person's life. To illustrate this even more so, about a year ago, a young man in Orlando who was supposedly struggling with his uh, sexual identity went into a club in Orlando and killed a lot of people, committed a horrible crime. I can't stop thinking, what if there was somebody in his life that was accepting? Somebody who said, hey, you can talk to me and I won't tell anyone. I'll help you. What if that happened? There might be quite a few more people alive in Orlando. So keep that in mind if you ever are in a position to help someone. It doesn't matter whether they're transgender or in the LGBT community or not. If they're facing hardship, try and help them. It could be the difference between life and death. So no matter what your beliefs, your culture, your race, your sexual preference, or gender identity, we are all on this earth together. We need to accept each other for who we are and look beyond our differences. I really do feel that should somebody have done that with that man, things would be a lot different. Now, I believe everybody here cares about people in the LGBT community and their community at large well, because you're here. So, I want to give you a little bit of training or information, such as Trans 101, I guess is the best thing that you could call it. Things to do and things not to do. And this is definitely not an increased, a full encompassing list here. As the old saying goes, it starts at home. Be open-minded and understanding with anyone in your family or your friends that might be transgender or anyone who falls somewhere in that LGBT spectrum. Because you never know when what you're doing will help them. And trust me, you can make a huge difference. I've seen it. I've seen one person make a difference in people's lives like you would not believe. So please keep that in mind. As I said in the beginning, you can ask me questions. Today's the time for you to do that. Ask those hard or taboo questions, the questions that uh, you don't feel comfortable doing, those questions that uh, make the hair on the back of your neck stand up. 
today you can ask those of me, and I will not take that to heart. Uh, I will understand where it's coming from, and I'll answer as best I can. Now, when you meet a transgender person, those questions that you just had flash through your mind, don't necessarily, you shouldn't necessarily ask those questions. <laughs> Such as the song said this morning, you know, how do you have sex? How do you do this? Have you had the operation yet? Those things are not appropriate. But the song says it a lot better than I do. <laughs> okay. Now, um, remember that a transgender person is a person. Just like you, they have feelings. They can be hurt just by saying it's a wrong thing. Even facial expressions make a big difference. You go in and talk to your mother, she can give you a facial expression that would probably turn you cold. <laughs> I guarantee everybody in here has had a parent that is that way. Okay, using the correct pronoun, it's very important to a transgender person. It's part of their identity. And by not using the correct pronoun, you're invalidating who they are. And it, again, hurts. Same thing goes for a uh, name. If you do know a person's old name and you use that, uh, it can hurt. Try your best not to do that. But if you do either of those two things, apologize. Straight out, just say, I'm sorry. I'll work on it. I won't do it again. And carry on. I think you'll find that'll be the best way to handle the situation. Don't blow it up too big, but don't sweep it under the rug either. Acknowledge it, accept it, and move on. Okay, dead names. Oh boy, how many times have I been asked, what's your real name? Uh, no, and I tell them, Rebecca. No, 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 what is your real name? Really, people? But it happens. And that is uh, just wrong. <laughs> if a person changes their name, that is their real name. That's who they are. That's who they've identified with. More importantly, when you're given a name at when you're born, you didn't choose that name. You may accept that name, and you may go by that name, but you didn't choose it. A transgender person puts a lot of effort into finding that name that they feel they identify with. It could be for many different reasons, but in the end, it is something that identifies them, and by not using it or saying that it isn't their real name, you're invalidating their whole existence. And that is very hurtful to transgender people. Now, there is an exception to that. If you know the person really well, and they're kind of like me, that has uh, virtually uh, impenetrable skin, uh, or uh, a funny bone that tends to run on the very sarcastic side, then you can uh, kind of uh, go ahead and use that name and problem a little bit. Okay, don't do that. Never mind. <laughs> okay. But unless you know a person very well, don't ask about their genitals or their surgical status. What's between their legs does not identify them. 
Let me repeat that. What is between your legs does not identify them. Okay, that's not their identity. They are who they are in here, not below the waist. Now, don't confuse gender identity with sexual identity. When I came out, a lot of my older friends were like, oh, I didn't know you were gay. I didn't know you liked men. Really? Open a book, people. Come on, please. <laughs> read a little bit. Gender identity and sexual orientation are two completely different things. In my case, I identify as a female lesbian, whereas other people that come out transgender could be anywhere on the spectrum when it comes to sexual identity. And in fact, there's a big spectrum on transgender. It's not just male or female. There's a whole spectrum that you can fall on. Okay. Um, I guess really what I'm trying to say the most is treat a transgender person the same as you treat anyone else. You don't go up and ask somebody else what's in their pants. You don't go up to somebody else and say, oh, what's your real name? You just accept what they tell you and you move on. That's all I'm really asking. Be polite, be a person. That's it. Now, there are ways that you can help the transgender community if you're so inclined. Reach out to the transgender community. Meet some of us. I think you'll find out that we are pretty much no different than anyone else. We run the, the gambit of everything that you can imagine. We have goths. Uh, we have any other type of person that you could think of, any other type of religion. So I guarantee you there is a transgender person out there that you would identify with on more levels than you would realize. So, if you have the opportunity to help, help. If you can be there to support somebody, like you are today, believe it or not, you're supporting me, you're supporting some other transgender individuals. Um, so support them. If you have an opportunity to teach others, teach them what you've learned here today or what you've learned from other sources. Teach them, correct them. You hear somebody using slurs or talking derogatory, or derogatory, say it for me. Derogatorily. Thank you. <laughs> My mouth doesn't work all the time. Uh, if you hear somebody doing that, correct them. You don't have to be mean about it, you don't have to get in their face, but if you know them, correct them. I wouldn't suggest you go up and do it in the middle of a cowboy ball. I'm just saying. Nothing against cowboys, honestly. Um, but the biggest thing is just let them know that transgender people are people. That's what we are. Okay. Um, I want to thank everybody for coming out today and for listening to me. And by all means, what I've covered here is not all encompassing. Uh, I do trans 101 trainings that go into depth. Susan's seen this, uh, and it ends up being a 45 minute uh, uh, lecture. 
for a presentation that turns into a three-hour discussion. So um, I know there's a lot of people that have questions, and if you do have some and you have a transgender person that you're friends with, please talk to them. If not, you're welcome to talk to me. You can call me up. I'm always available for answers. And I'll even answer those questions that most transgender people won't answer. Or at least I'll give you some form of answer. You might not like it, but hey, I'll do that. But in any case, in any case, uh, I want to leave you with one last little thing. We all love and we want to be loved. Let's be there for each other because life, we are all in it together. Thank you.